But if you have a Bible, just turn to Acts. Acts 1 verse 8. Acts 1 verse 8 reads like this. We're looking at the idea of power to go, empowered to go. This morning we were sharing this, the, the theme of um, empowered to serve. Great, great morning. Great to be together. Great to see a house so full. It was great to see uh, so many people. When everyone stood up who was involved in, um, Andrew said, if, if you're involved in serving in any way, please stand. And loads of people were standing up in some way. It was just uh, it's thrilling. Yeah, I would say it's fantastic to see. And yet we want to release and, and be a place that releases people into the full potential that God has for us and for you and for me. And so this evening, now we're going to look at this, the theme of being empowered to walk in the name of Jesus and to go into the places that Jesus takes us. And I'm uh, going to look at that briefly for a moment or two. Um, Acts 1 verse 8 reads like this. Verse 7, to get a bit of context. Oh, verse 6. That's, um, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you uh, at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They thought they were going to have a a rule of a God, uh, an earthly king who's going to overthrow the Romans. He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Isn't it interesting? A bit like the, uh, the loaves and fishes when the disciples said, well, what are you going to do, Jesus? Are you going to feed them? And Jesus said to them, no, you feed them. Isn't it interesting now uh, when Luke's the same, the, the same writer, now we look in Acts and the disciples said, are you going to do the kingdom now, Lord? Are you going to do kingdom? Are you going to bring this? And he says, well, the times and seasons are in God's hands, but now you... Isn't it interesting again? It's you, it's me, it's us, it's the church, it's the people of God. And Jesus says something similar. The disciples learnt this um, when, in the feeding of the 5,000, um, which we looked at a few weeks ago in the morning together. But now Jesus is saying something similar. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And so it's that that we just want to just take a few moments and uh, look at a few... Um, things together. He says that you, you, you are going to be the ones that, that do this. It's going to be you. And you're going to do it in my name. And you're going to do it in me because I'm going to be in you. And we see that the Holy Spirit rests in believers. You can't be a Christian unless you're, the Holy Spirit's in your life. And there's this empowering that comes upon and within and through our lives. So I just want to look at um, three things. Three areas of uh, this in being empowered to go. And uh, just, just for a few moments, then we're going to come and pray. And pray for a, a release and just bring our hearts and our thoughts um, before God. But it's interesting that Jesus says that you shall receive power and you will be. And it's a power to be as well as do. Power to be. You, you shall be. You, you, you're going to embody this. And uh, that's because... You know, in the New Testament, we understand that the kingdom of God comes to live within. I said this morning, you know, we want to see your kingdom. We were singing a great song this morning. We want to see your kingdom here. And I was saying to everybody, the kingdom of God is in me. And I meant in me and in you and in us. The king, we want to see your kingdom. We, and I, I have my hand on my heart and I see your kingdom here. 
And uh, very often, as um, Christians, we, we understand, uh, we know that in the New Testament, that Jesus comes to live within. The Holy Spirit lives within us. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, but the promise of the Spirit is going to come be with you and in you and through you and amongst you. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul talks about the Holy Spirit in us, um, calling out, Abba, Father. And to, to be a Christian, you have the Spirit living within. Jesus lives within our hearts and lives. And it's really interesting that, that you will be, you're going to, I'm going to inhabit you. You shall become, I'm, there's a habit, it's habitation language. Now, that's interesting because my first thing, I want to look at three things then. And the first thing is this, that um, we can sometimes be in danger as um, Christians whereby we, we look to events and not to the person of Jesus himself for the power of the Spirit. Nothing wrong with events. Nothing wrong with coming. This is an event. Now we're together, right? So I'm not knocking events. So this is, we've come together and we're looking to God. So I'm not going to knock that, but there is a danger. We, we, there's a danger that um, uh, as, as believers, we can look towards other people. We can look towards a meeting that we're in sometimes. And uh, we can go from even, I would even suggest sometimes event to event. One of the best pieces of advice is, I had um, as a Christian was when I was in a brethren assembly and uh, that's a, a group of lovely Christians but believe the gifts of the apostles ceased with the apostles so the Holy Spirit doesn't give gifts anymore and speaking in, tongue, speaking in tongues didn't happen. It was devilish. That's what the, the assemblies believed. But I came into the, uh, I studied with an elder who was baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. Uh, not always in the assembly, but in his bathroom when he was having a bath and, and at home and stuff. But he was a baptized spirit believer. He came to one of our meetings here, actually, so, several years ago because his son is now an Anglican vicar, charismatic Anglican in uh, Gamston, uh, West Bridgeford Way. And uh, this, this, this um, elder came here. It was great to see him. But this elder uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, I did a Bible study before the breaking of bread meeting. Communion, Right. And um, I would do this study an hour before communion. And we studied the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in Luke, the Holy Spirit in Acts, the Holy Spirit in Corinthians. And I became convinced that the person of the Holy Spirit can live within us and be released through us in power. And so his advice was this, and this is the best piece of advice. I want to say this. He said, Adrian, do not seek a power, but seek Jesus himself. Seek the person of the Holy Spirit. Seek God. That's what his advice to me was. Seek Jesus. Seek the Holy Spirit himself and seek God. He said uh, that you want to know them better. You want to know him better. You want to know the Spirit better in your life. You want the full measure to know the Spirit. Be released completely in your life. And um, best piece of advice. I've carried that even as a charismatic believer. Anyway, I, I followed that. And a year, about six, seven months later, after, as I was seeking God, reading the Bible... Uh, praying to uh, uh, God the Father, asking the Holy Spirit just to be released in my life in full measure and um, saying, Jesus, I want to be closer to you. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was empowered, released in the fire of the Spirit. And I spoke in tongues in my bedroom. I wasn't in a meeting like one of these ones that we would have where you come to the front and someone said certain words over me and then repeat them after me. God flooded and but I believe was released and empowered upon my life. And um, I've carried that. And it's interesting. 
If you read with me, would you read Romans? If you've got a Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 11 is really interesting because it's about seeking, there's this idea of seeking a person and the Spirit living in us and the Spirit being with us and the Spirit being released in us. And um, in the New Testament, in the, in the New Covenant era, the Spirit comes and lives within. In the Old Testament, um, David, the, David, who was a great man of God, said, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. God doesn't do that. He lives within us and stays with us. He continues. We can move away from him. And, um, it's, this, and it's a person, the person of the Spirit, the person of Jesus. And in Romans 8, um, it says this, verse 11, And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's God the Father, is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who lives in you. The Spirit of God lives within us and in us and through us in a habitation. And so there's this understanding of having a relationship, of being continual with Jesus and Jesus in me and through me and with me. And uh, there's a danger that we, we go looking to events to get more, you know, we, should, we were praying this morning, more of Jesus. And I believe that's right and absolutely right. To, more of Jesus being released in me and living in me. But he says there, of your, he will um, raise your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. And the word lives means inhabits, stays with, makes home with, is in your life. So we look to the person of Jesus Christ, living with him, he living with me, him being in me. God wrote the Old Testament on stone tablets. In the New Testament, he writes his law of love upon our hearts. And by the person of the Holy Spirit, I won't leave his orphans, but I send the comforter, counselor to be with you, in you and through you. And he will speak to me and show of me the spirit of uh, Jesus. And so the... the, the um, uh, the, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And there's this idea of the Spirit being with us, in us, through us, so that we be, the inhabits his habitation. Now, this is really interesting when he's with us. If you're a Christian, the Spirit's in you and through. And I've understood this understanding of allowing God to just be released in and through my heart and in me. You can't get anyone better than Jesus. There's not a Jesus Mark II. There's no improved version. There isn't a Holy Spirit Mark 2, 3, or 4. iPhone 6 is coming out soon. There's no Holy Spirit 6 version. It is the best. Always will be, always has, and always will be. So the best is will, is not will make do, but is wonderful. And uh, it's abiding with him and letting him be released in me. I'm going to look at that in a minute. But um, so um, what I, what I would say, this elder said to me, Adrian, don't go looking for power, because the thing is, the devil's good at power. He can't love. He's not good at love, but he's good at power. You can, you, you, there, there can be a counterfeit of his power, but there can't be a counterfeit of God's love. And God's love is majestic, it's magnificent, it's powerful, it's what raised Christ from the dead. And that same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you and in me, the love of God through the person and power of the Holy Spirit. So stop looking at events uh, look to the person of Jesus was the advice I was given. And so when we're now, we're here, we look to Jesus. Do you know it's interesting? In, throughout church history, but it's been interesting, around about 1994, there was a restoration of the heart of the Father, Father heart of God. A restoration of the Father heart of God. In other words, God as Father 
restored to the church. Uh, uh, and that came on the back of a season when the Holy Spirit, the understanding of the Spirit, the Spirit in the church, throughout the, 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 the 70s, 80s and 90s, with the charismatic movement and the, the refreshed charismatic movement and the house church movement, and then it coming back in the Pentecostal church, renewing the Pentecostal churches, there was a, an era of, this, of, of restoration of the Spirit. In the, in the mid-90s to late uh, to 2000, the, the restoration of heart of the Father. And um, there, there's something happening around the world which is a restoration of Jesus, of, of the Lordship of Jesus, of looking towards Jesus. It's interesting, isn't it? Spirit, God the Father, Jesus the Son. And there is a restoration in the, in the era right now where people are looking to Jesus as Lord and Master and Savior again and Lord of our lives. And um, the most wonderful thing that you and I can do is look to Jesus within our hearts and lives. Follow him and the Spirit being released within us and through us. A man called Dallas Willard said this in his book, The Divine Conspiracy. He said, the most exalted outcome of submersion in the risen Christ is the transformation of the inner self to be like him. He's speaking on the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the Holy Spirit in his book, The Divine Conspiracy. He said, the most exalted outcome of submersion that's been immersed in the spirit of Jesus Christ, in the risen Christ, is the transformation of the inner self to be like him. And Jesus said to the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on so you can be like me, be my witnesses. And to be is this idea of being like who? Being like Jesus. And so it's to be, it's the, per, the power and the person. It's both the power and the person. This morning, Leo reminded us of um, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. The person of Jesus and so the Holy Spirit within us allows us to be the person of Jesus. Pentecostals are good on power, but also what about person of who Jesus is? And uh, so there's this idea of when he says, you will receive power to be my witnesses. It's so that we can be the person of Jesus. Jesus living within us. Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, holiness, faithfulness, mercy, hope, love. And, uh, but also there's this idea of, so you will receive power to be me, but there's this idea of power also. So it's the gifts of power, of faith, of deliverance, of healing, of the miraculous hand of God, so that we can be like Jesus, be Jesus. And so we are to follow him, not just events. So events aren't bad. Hear my heart. Revival meetings can be good in themselves, but if that's all we're following, the danger can be we can follow one experience or this, but to follow Jesus and make Jesus the very center of our hearts, who is in us, living in us, and through us. Second thing that we can do, and we see this, we can do, so there's his heart. So hence, as a church, we look looking at Luke's gospel, uh, this idea of follow Jesus. So follow not just what Jesus does, but be like him. To be like him, because he's in us. And there's this idea of being like, so knowing the power uh, uh, and the person of Jesus Christ within me, in me, and in you. No respecter of persons, not just for people who stand at the front, but every one of us. And on, and on that day in Acts chapter 2, the person of the Spirit was released, came upon and released through all 120, all of them, for all time. And Pentecost is an experience for all time, for all of us, and for every believer. And so this is the idea of the person and presence of Jesus within our hearts and life in the power. Second thing is to give the Holy Spirit room. 
is to follow the person of Jesus. Second thing is give the Holy Spirit room in my heart, your heart, and our lives. In Ephesians 5, verse 18, it says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5, 18. If we're going to look to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus, to become, to be Jesus, as well as do the power works of Jesus, then the second thing, and following him and not just events, and the second thing is, is to give the Holy Spirit room in your life and in my life. And um, uh, Ephesians 5.18 says, be, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And that word, you, you probably heard it said, but to be filled means continual. It's habitation language again. It's habitation language again. You see, it says in Romans 8.11, the Spirit lives in you. Now... Um, we're encouraged by Paul, who wrote in Romans, in Ephesians 5.18, be filled. It's within our hearts, within our spirits, within our lives. And the, the, un, the understanding there is continual. It's be being. It's written in a continuous tense. Has, is, and will be. It's continuous. Filled there. And so it's habitation language. It's be in touch with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Be open to the Spirit. I mean, how much of the Holy Spirit is it? I mean, you drink a bottle of water. Is he in, is he in my stomach? Is he in my head? Is he in my legs? What does it mean to be filled? It's, the, the understanding there is to be influenced. Be fully influenced, continually, habitually, habitationally. It's habitation language again. The Spirit in us. Jesus in us. Often we're calling upon and come. And, but the Spirit is within us. It's, it's here. Jesus lives within and um, there's this understanding of continual. I came across something, and to make a point of what it means, because um, I think we live our lives so full of lots of stuff, and um, it's called goodbye to clutter, making room for what matters. And uh, I went looking on the internet at, at people that hoard stuff in houses, you know, hoarders. Very dangerous thing to be, you know, but uh, I went on YouTube, and it was uh, hoarders of houses. Goodbye to clutter, making room for what matters. Do we make room for what matters? Um, it's amazing what people will have in their houses. I mean, you know, that's not as extreme as it can be because some stuff, people will put all sorts, just keep hold of stuff. In, and it so fills the house that you can't live in it anymore. You can't live in the house. And that, that's an issue. That's a bit of a problem, hoarding that sort of much of, of stuff. Uh, we don't have clutter. Well, Helen won't have clutter in our house. That's a, a word that she often uses. I get rid of all the clutter. Um, you know, so it'd be my books on the side that I've been studying with all stuff. That's all the clutter. Get, get rid of all that. You know, if I bring study books home, I have piles of books and I bring them home and I have to take them back to the study almost straight away. Get rid of all the clutter. It's people that collect lots of stuff in their house. But I'm I, I interested in that's somebody advertising their... advertising their... Um, decluttering, wherever it is, the lady who, who run that company. But I like the, the motto, goodbye to clutter, making room for what matters. Now, Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, goodbye to clutter, make room for what matters. When he says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit, he's basically saying, make room for what matters in our hearts and our lives. The Holy Spirit's here, his habitation language, he lives within us, but do we make room for him? Have we got a lot of clutter? So people have habits. And we think, oh, not really experiencing the Holy Spirit. But often people will come to church and say, well, I need to experience the revival. We need to experience the Holy Spirit. But very often it, 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 it starts with you and me, doesn't it? Very often. 
And of course, there's the anointing of the presence of the Spirit of God, and He's present amongst us. I, I know that to be true as well. But there's this idea of making room for what matters. So when Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit, this idea of being filled with the Spirit is be fully influenced, be more influenced. So you know when we pray, more Lord, more Lord, it's more of Jesus having our lives. It's saying goodbye to clutter and saying, Holy Spirit, my attitude, come and rest in my mind. More of my mind, take that Lord. My heart, pull the heartstrings of my heart. I'm being pulled in this direction. I've got that habit or this thing that's... Or I've got this attitude. Or I've got, I've got this thing I like or dislike. There's lots of clutter. I don't know, what, what is the clutter? I'm not asking you to tell me, by the way. I don't want to know what your clutter is. <laughs> but what is the clutter in your heart and my heart and mind and my mind? You know, for some of us as Pentecostals, we can have Pentecostal clutter. I mean, Helen calls my, my study books Clutter. I had my Bible and the Greek New Testament and get rid of the clutter. I know. I'm getting carried away. My voice is getting more high-pitched. But we can have Pentecostal clutter or charismatic clutter because we say that's the only way the Holy Spirit works. That's the only way he works around here. Oh, my word. Woe is me. I tell you, when we were praying more this morning, I was saying, Lord, because I've seen this thing. I the, the stuff that I've held on to that maybe isn't even biblical because I've read this and heard that. I don't want that. I only want what Jesus, you know. But you know, you know, where I'm, you know what I mean. But so, so it doesn't always have to be bad stuff, does it? it? But it could be a habit. Habits die hard. It's clutter. So you see these people have these houses. I watched one thing where this reporter climbed through a tunnel. They couldn't get through the front door. It was all stuff. And they had to make a tunnel with a flashlight and this guy was saying, mind this, mind that. And they could not stand up in this guy's house. I mean, that was really bad. It was really bad, but he couldn't live. And the Holy Spirit's habitation lives within us. Jesus lives within us. So this is why Paul says, make space. Oh, it's a, it's a great statement. Making room for what matters. Get rid of the good bite of the clutter. Right, so Paul says, don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, clear the way. Open your heart. You know, deal, get hold of that addiction. Get hold of that habit. If it's an attitude, say, Lord, you know, I only want what you want. If it's something I believed that's in the Bible, but it's not, if the Bible doesn't teach that, then I don't want that clutter. And so, Paul, so we make room. So the key to our lives is to follow. Make Jesus the person that we follow. The Holy Spirit is a person. We want more of you. Father God, more of you. And secondly, is to give him space. Get rid of the clutter, as it were. Thirdly and finally, so we say goodbye to the clutter. And then finally, is to go. Talk about empowered to go. Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. So we'll become, we'll be able to be, habit, uh, continual, walk with, Jesus with us. I mean, it's a great thing. What are we doing to feed Jesus in our lives? Feed the Holy Spirit within our lives. What way are we making openings in our hearts and our minds to say, more of you, Lord. Have more of my life. And uh, then this third thing is um, is to go. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 7 7 to 9. He says this. As you go, he said this to the disciples, as you go, preach saying the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, Raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. 
we're always looking for what we don't have. That's me. I don't know about you. I often say, well, I haven't got that. Oh, Lord, I, I wish I had this. What have you got? This morning, Leah was sharing about bringing your life, my life, and saying, this is my life, God. It, it might not be much. I, I don't, many, many people don't have a good opinion of themselves. I haven't got much, but I'm going to give it to you. A few weeks ago, we looked in uh, uh, the feeding of the 5,000, a few loaves and fishes. And uh, they said, this is all we got, Jesus. Jesus said, you go and feed them. And he said, this is all we got. So Jesus said, give them to me. Uh, the little was multiplied into much when we do something about it, when we go. And so they gave, they went and looked and did an inventory, got the food, and then they gave it to Jesus, and then he multiplied it. And it, it, it's interesting, freely you've received, now freely give. Very often Pentecostals, Charismatics, we want more, but Jesus says, what you've got, give it away, and it will be multiplied, and you will see more. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, if, uh, for the amount of soaking that we do, and uh, for the revivals that we've had, and the anointing of the Spirit on our lives... What you've got, give it away. You know, you can play football and you can give it all away. You can talk to someone, be a friend with somebody and say, Lord Jesus, in your power and in your spirit, I just want to be more like you as I relate to whoever. It, 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 we sometimes get this funny understanding. And so give away what I have. Um, as you go, you, we appear to grow. It's really interesting. I mean, I've met so many disappointed Christians over the years. Because I'm mixed predominantly in Pentecostal charismatic circles, I've met, would you believe it, lots of Pentecostal charismatic Christians who are disappointed. Disappointed, disappointed. And usually, usually, not always, but usually there is a link between going and growing. Giving what I have what I've received, freely give. And then you find that you've multiplied all the more. It's multiplied all the more. The kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus said to them, tell them the kingdom of God is at hand. What you have, give it. What you are, who you are, go and do something with it. That's why Jesus said, you will see when the Holy Spirit comes on you, power and in you. So as we step out with what I have, Give it to God, and he seems to multiply it. I think the danger is if we just wait, 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 until we've got such fistfuls, until we've got the big mega revival that we've wanted, and then we then say, we're now going to go. But what we've got is amazing. What we've got is the real thing. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit within us, and it seems to multiply as we go. It seems to, he seems to multiply in our lives as we step out. He seems to multiply as we say, this is it, give that. And you find it went and fed, fed over 5,000 in the feeding of the 5,000 and was with bucket loads left over. Bucket loads. And very often I hear Christians say, oh, I want more. Oh, I haven't seen enough. And I haven't got this and I haven't got that. Freely you have received. Wow. Freely. What good news is that? You don't have to be super this or super. Just step up and go. So we're going to want to look to follow him to get rid of the clutter. What I don't know what your clutter is. And be filled with the Spirit. Allow him to fully influence us. Influence me more, Lord. Influence me more in that area of my life. And then to step up and step out. Uh, whether that's at work, at college, home life, friend, being prepared, 
to reach out to someone nearby you, to speak up, speak out, be a friend, show love, offer to pray for. I don't know what it might be, what it might be, but let's not wait. Let's not wait. And let's rejoice as we hear everybody coming back saying, even the demons listened to us in your name, Jesus. This is what the disciples did. And then they were so excited when they came back and said, this has happened and that's happened. And you know that person I talked to? They didn't tell me to get lost. In actual fact, they opened up their heart. And you know that person that has been such a long time? And all of a sudden, they've just come up to me and started talking to me about, the, about my life and my Christian walk. And it's something that Annette was uh, shared with us this morning about this idea of kindling. And to even a little, a little spark seems to go a long way in our hearts and in our lives. Let's pray together. Perhaps if the worship could come back, guys. And uh, we'll sing Spirit Breakout. Spirit Breakout. I love that song. I loved singing that this morning. I want to sing it again tonight for a moment or two if we could. And uh, this idea of declutter, be released, be free in me. And uh, we're going to pray and pray release in people's hearts and lives. So should we stand together? Let's stand together, folks. And we're just going to sing together. It's just great in church life that we are relaxed enough to rejoice together. Because Jesus is so good. So spirit breakout. Do you know what? I, I, um, was always, I've always been looking for a breakthrough. I've always prayed. I, I don't believe it's wrong to pray for breakthrough. There are moments of breakthrough in our lives. But I'm finding more and more that Jesus is here. He just wants me just to not be have stuff cluttering up my mind my heart my life preconceived ideas other things I run after other things I run after other Jesuses the real Jesus only he is enough more than enough more than God can do more than I can ask or imagine Jesus is more than enough so when we pray break out we're saying be released in us now if you were like me, you've not received the baptism in the Spirit for the, that, that empowering release, then there is a moment where we can pray tonight for you to receive that empowering release. We call it the, I call it what it's called in the Bible, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Similar to what the experience on the day of Pentecost. On Pentecost ushered a day when the Spirit, Holy Spirit is available for us always now, all time. Some of us, you maybe never received the baptism of the Spirit, the empowering release. Then we are free to pray that tonight. And for many that have received the baptism of the Spirit, the Spirit's within us. We just need to declutter and say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Jesus, inhabit. And so the breaking out is me decluttering. Have your way. Have your way in me. then we'd be released into our community be released at work, be released in our families let's sing this together for a moment or two, shall we? Spirit.